Welcome back to Learning Line. My name is Danielle Hartman and I will be your host today. And with me today is Peter Kung, our SVP of Strategy. Hi, Peter. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad I'm here. Um, I'm glad that you're here. This is going to be a wonderful podcast. So today really is an opportunity for our listeners to get to know you better. You've been with the organization a little over a year now. Is that correct? Pretty much one year on the dot. Wow. Okay. Well, we're meeting you at the right time then. <laughs> we're excited just to help our listeners get to know you better, really kind of hear strategy, which I know that'll be the next podcast we'll do with you, uh, where Matt will interview you. But really here, it's just, you know, who are you? So we like to start off with just some fun icebreaker questions. So for our icebreaker question, what we'd like to know is when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, this is a well, I, I, I find it funny is as a kid, my, my parents always wanted me to become a doctor. And I think it was the, the rebellious side of myself that didn't want to conform to my parents' expectations, even though being a physician would be great, actually, when I look back on it. So I, I took a whole different route. And so I went to my parents and, and pretty much uh, I got three different master's degrees. And so I went back to my parents and said, so I kind of, I, I got three master's degrees and, and so that should equal an MD or a PhD. And they're like, no, that, that's not how it works either. So, um, uh, so I was really early uh, ingrained in me in terms of going to healthcare, yet I did not live up to my parents' expectations. Hopefully they, they're still proud of me. I'm sure they are still proud of you. Three <laughs> master's degrees. Wow. So what are your three master's degrees in? So I went to UCLA Anderson for an MBA. I went to Claremont Graduate University as well. And then I think the, th the third one um, the, is, is unique. I actually went to seminary. So I have a master's of divinity from Fuller Theological Seminary, which it's a whole other podcast why, but I will stick to what we're here for today. That is uh, a very fascinating like route there. I wouldn't have imagined all three of those degrees coming together, but thank you for sharing that. So given those three degrees that you have and you know, thinking about who you wanted to be when you grew up, how did you find your way into healthcare? Well, my parents from an early age one and you know, always yeah. set that in mm -hmm. to me, go to healthcare to help folks. So that was always ingrained in me. I didn't know how I would be in there. I, I always knew that uh, whatever career that I was going to choose, I had to be close to doing good. And healthcare just naturally fit um, not only my ambitions, it it's also just fits my personality. So I started healthcare fairly early, actually. My first stint in it was when I was 20 years old, still in college where um, I became part of uh, an, a national initiative called the National Center for Child Traumatic Stress, which was a bicoastal relationship between UCLA and Duke University. And I was employee number five at this new initiative that continues to this day. It's, they, they just had their 20th year anniversary. How did that initiative get started? Like if you were employee number five, like how did that idea come to fruition? Well, sadly, it, it goes back to 9-11. And what happened there was we heard around post-traumatic stress disorder. And during that time, our uh, national government 
um, particularly under HHS, uh, SAMHSA, knew that we didn't have a lot of child traumatic stress assessments. And so because of 9-11 and having uh, uh, many children witness of what happened, uh, the Congress initiated this national initiative, which I be fell into. So it, it's been great. That, I mean, but that's fascinating. Like you said, it's an unfortunate circumstance. That's why that got started. But what a fascinating program to be a part of and research and really getting that as your first step into a career or a career in healthcare. That's that's very interesting. So I'm sure you probably keep posted on, you know, what's happening. And I, I'm sure that laid some great groundwork for you now in your career. So can you share with us a little bit more about your career journey so far? Yeah. You know, it started with that, that, that first foray into it. And then what, what grew out of that was more grants from the military. Mm. So I started doing a lot of national and international military work mm -hmm. based out of UCLA. Eventually that came into, hey, Peter, uh, you're doing a lot of great national and international work. Can you concentrate on the health system itself? And so I didn't want to give up both worlds, or I wanted to go into that world, but I didn't want to give up this side. So I uh, asked that if I could do both at the same time. They're, and of course, they were gracious. My leadership was gracious to me to be able to do that. And eventually out of that, uh, my most recent uh, uh, organization, before I came here at HSHS, I was their chief innovation officer at a similar size healthcare, Catholic healthcare system that really led itself naturally to what I'm doing today for HSHS. Wow. Okay. So you kind of just naturally evolved into this. I love hearing that. It's always fascinating just to hear people's stories of how they got into healthcare and their career journey. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Um, so can you tell me just a little bit now, like, what do you like about strategy? So you've done innovation, you're doing strategy. What is it that really excites you about this, this area? Yeah, I think it actually relates to just my eclectic mix of experiences. <laughs> and if you had to go back, and I think what we first have to do is define what strategy is. And to me, the simplest definition is it's an integrated set of choices that positions the organization for long-term success, that integrated set of choices. And what's really important around that is not only the integrated set of choices that you'll do, it's also what you will not do. Mm. And as it relates to strategy and we're looking at our internal uh, externality pressures to our internality dynamics of any organization, to me, what fascinates me is to be able to, what I call uh, a, a lot of narratives that may be saying, this is how I would explain it, or this is explaining what's happening. I think part of my skill set has been how might I reduce the noise and strengthen the signal. And so what, what that occurs in my, my set of experiences and my expertise is being able to take a lot of different data points, a lot of different things that are seemingly not connected and at the same time be able to make sense of this puzzle. Mm. And so mm -hmm. what fascinates me is to be the thought partner of our CEO, President and CEO, Damon Boatwright, to be able to provide, uh, leverage my, my skill set in a way that really achieves the mission and vision of this organization. 
think that that's a great partnership that you two have. I'm looking forward to seeing what strategy and you know how the organization evolves with Damon's leadership and your partnership in that too. So this is this is exciting times I'm for us. I'm very excited. This is going to be. I'm really looking forward to the, the the future of HSHS. Wonderful. So, what do you like about serving in leadership? Yeah. So I there's. If you go to MBA schools, right, and so there's there's this thing around doing case studies and also I'm just a, a, a big geek around when it comes to things around this. So I, I'm when it comes to leadership and management, I'm a John Cotter fan. He's a Harvard Business School um, around defining management and leadership. And I, I am that school of thought where there is a difference between leadership and management. And so in terms of leadership, it's really around producing change and movement in the organization in which it's about being adaptive and constructive in order to meet or even be ahead of the pace of change in an environment. I find that really fascinating mm-hmm. as, it re- as a, as a, um, a parallel to what what management does. And so for my interest in leadership, it is how might we produce that change? How do we produce that movement that creates a system of structures in which our colleagues and our management are able to produce this consistent and high quality results that we'll, we need to move into the future? Maybe that's very academic, <laughs> so I apologize. No, don't apologize at all. It's wonderful to hear that. Again, this this whole intention of this episode is really for colleagues and leaders across the organization to get to know you better. So it's it's great to kind of think about those thoughts that are in your head and, and what drives you to be the leader that you are within the organization. That gives clearer vision to everyone. So I appreciate your honesty and transparency here. Can you share with me the any kind of advice that you would give our leaders throughout the organization? I think in terms of our leaders in this organization, I would point to uh, two, two separate items. One, continue to be a learner. I think that relates to then the second point is the humility of not knowing but the desire to learn again, right? I think it's cyclical in, in that sense. It's okay to be wrong. It's, it's how might we get better each time and, and to be a, a, a student of learning, of trying to improve. That is something that cannot be taught I ho- or maybe be able to be taught. I think it, it, it takes discipline and practice to get there. And the second is maybe, and it's okay to be wrong. It's, it's the ability to recognize and stay in that place where we may not know it all. And it's okay as a team, as an organization, if we stick together, we keep the, the we live out our values of, of our organization, we'll be able to get where we need to get. So I would say be a learner and stay humble. Great advice. Great advice. Thank you so much. Um, then my just I have two more questions for you. What is one project or initiative that you're currently working on that you're the most excited about? Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. So Dame, uh, under Damon's leadership um, and our senior uh, leaders here at HSHS, we will be refreshing and pivoting our strategic plan. 
And what that really entails is really focusing, again, remember what strategy is, the integrated set of choices. Mm -hmm. And what we'll be uh, uh, going to our ministry with is our new strategic plan in which focuses on the few things we absolutely have to get right in order to not only win on, on our markets, at the same time emerge as a stronger ministry. And I think the, a, a way to think about it is we're going to be building uh, stronger uh, colleagues and stronger communities. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going we're gonna to be about. And we're very, or I'm very excited to be able to share this in the next coming weeks and months and years mm -hmm. as we really focus on the few things we absolutely have to get right. So more to come on that. We will be, uh, be able to share and get feedback and reactions. We're really excited. I'm really excited on the, on our, our next steps on this process. That does sound very exciting. Look forward to hearing what comes out. Uh, that's absolutely, we'll keep posted on that. So then my very last question for you, and this is a question we like to ask all of our guests is, what do you do to sharpen your saw? So if you think about uh, Franklin Covey, so Stephen Covey's work on seven habits, he talks about sharpening your saw. So continuing to perfect your, your practice and things like that. Um, I know you shared, you know, always be a lifelong learner and be humble, but is there anything else you do to keep your saw sharp? Well, I have a three-year-old right now, so <laughs> okay. I don't really have a lot of time. Um, and that's not an excuse. I think it's, it's actually brought me into a different place for myself, mm -hmm. and that's around family. And mm -hmm. to me is where you spend your time also tells you what you value as well. Mm -hmm. And to me, the time spent with my wife and daughter, um, it keeps me grounded. Uh, it refreshes me. Um, and in fact, my daughter's the better negotiator than I, so I'm still even learning from her, right? So, so to me, how I sharpen my saw is, I, that's my reprieve, right? Uh, where I think folks come in, if you, if you ever come into the, the SSC, the, the, the corporate center, I have this, I don't know if it's infamous or notorious um, reputation that I walk really fast. And so I, I hit the ground running and I'm, I'm at it uh, from the moment I get into when I leave. And it's that time how I sharpen my soul is to be able to have reprieve with my family. And that keeps me humble. It keeps me grounded. And it keeps things in perspective as, as, as not only what we have to do from the business side of things, quote unquote, the business side of things, it's just as important as how we get there living our mission and values. And I think that's what my family does for me. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's such a key message for, for colleagues and leaders to hear too, because Yes, it's the learning piece, but spending time with your family and just taking that opportunity to really refresh and remember what we're doing this all for is such a great reminder. So thank you for that, Peter. And thank you for your time today. I really appreciate you sharing, helping our listeners get to know you better. And I know they'll look forward to our next episode with you where we're talking more about healthcare strategy. Awesome. More to come. Thanks, Peter. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Learning Wine. We would like to give special recognition to Claire Kramer, our editor and producer of the show, and Ray Engeldinger, the composer of our music. Ray works in supply chain and wrote, no doubt, the song you are hearing now. Thank you. Thank you.